everybody, this is Jim. And Jeremy. And we are on show number 28. Today we're going to do a top 10 list. We're going to do some music news and we're going to talk about some new music we've been listening to. And I think we'll start out with some music news. We'll get right into it. Happy belated St. Patrick's Day, by the way. Oh, yeah. I'm finishing my Guinness. I had a couple last night. Delicious. I love this stout with the widget in it. So I got some music news. First one is um, we're talking about a song that is being taken to court. Uh, This has happened before, you know, with Led Zeppelin and... My my feelings on this are, you know, there's been there's so many bands out there and songs that, you know, you're going to write a song that probably sounds like another song. Jeremy and I listen to a lot of music and, you know, there's songs that I hear certain parts in the song. I'm like, that sounds like, I don't know if anyone can hear laughing, or, but we have the window open. We are live. Window in the studio. <laughs> yeah, it's a little, uh, it's a little dry in here. Yeah. But yes, to your point, there are many times where you'll hear a new song and... You can swear, like inside and out. I've heard that beat before, or those lyrics sound yeah. vaguely familiar. I mean, sometimes I rack my brain with that sound. Oh my God, that sounds like, you know, it could be uh, a guitar, like guitar notes, like a sequence, or even uh, the lyrics, you know, the way, like a hook or something in the song. So we have Ed Sheeran. Ed Never Sh- heard of him. Yeah. It's alleged uh, that Ed Sheeran and two of his co-writers... They lifted particular lines and phrases for a 2017 single from a track called OY by Sammy Switch. Oh, man. Now, nobody's heard of Sammy Switch. So I also think some of the, you know, some artists who aren't well known as Ed Sheeran, who sold millions of albums, someone says, hey, hey, man, this this song sounds just like our song. (laughs) And then, but you do have to get lawyers. You have to put out money. And this guy's real name is Sam Chokri. Oh, so okay. it's Sammy Switch. All right. uh, they claim that Sharon took the O-I, O-I, O-I hook <laughs> from the aforementioned song. Yes. Uh, it was released in 2015. Sharon has vehemently denied the accusation and re- rejected the suggestion that he heard O-Y before he wrote Shape of You. Mm-hmm. In October 2016. Sammy Switch is just trying to get Sheeran to stop releasing albums every two weeks. <laughs> That's his end goal. Okay, so McDade, who is one of the co-writers with Ed Sheeran, he's also in Snow Patrol. Uh, he said he could not recall ever hearing OY in any way and said he was unaware of Sammy Switch before the current legal case began. <laughs> Sounds like Sammy wants, you know, 10% be on his way, be happy. <laughs> now we we have this musicology expert christian seidel said that he noticed melodic similar similarities so numerous and striking that the possibility of independent creation is highly impossible wow here we have a song uh, shape of you the royalties from that were 20 million of course just on that song yeah and they have been frozen, the royalties, since this person issued the claim. Yeah. I mean, so we'll see sense. how this works out. All right. I think the Led Zeppelin case, I don't, I don't know if there was any settlement or I, I think that was dismissed eventually. That was Stairway to Heaven. Yeah, I don't remember what happened. I think it was a band called Spirit. Mm-hmm. I'm sure they'll settle out of court. Yeah. 
So our next story is about the Rolling Stones. Of course, we know that Charlie Watts has passed away. What are the Stones going to do, right? They need a drummer. They have a replacement. Probably the most easily positioned replacement there is in the band. Well, Charlie Watts, I think, had his unique sound. I mean, I I don't particularly listen to the drums alone. Right. But I know drummers do have particular, I don't know, (laughs) a particular style. Yeah, it wasn't an attack on him, just... If you're still going to see the Rolling Stones, you're probably going to see Mick Jagger. So yeah. you're not missing anything with a new drummer. But. So they were halfway through making a new album, believe it or not. So they wanted to continue recording. And they got this guy, his name is Steve Jordan. I don't know if you've ever who's, heard of him. Who's Steve Jordan? I'm going to tell you. Okay, perfect. He's 65 years old. Wow. Okay. Uh, he's a director, producer, songwriter, and musician. And during the 70s and 80s, he was a member of the bands for the television show Saturday Night Live. Okay. And he was in the band for Late Night with David Letterman. Oh, look at that. All right. Okay. Now, since the mid-80s, he has also been a member of the Expensive Winos, which is Keith Richards' band Okay. when he does his solo stuff. Keith Richards and Jordan, they've been production and songwriting partners for many of Keith Richards' solo works. So they have a connection there. Yeah. So So he didn't just pull this person, you know, out of nowhere. And in 2005, he became a member of the John Mayer Trio. So he's played with John Mayer. He's also recorded with uh, Don Henley, John Mellencamp. Uh, Cat Stevens, Bob Dylan, B.B. King, you know, the list goes on. Even Kelly Clarkson. That's a pretty good list. And even uh, is featured on James Taylor's 1998 DVD, Live at the Beacon Theater. Nice. So, okay, so we have a drummer for the Stones. They're going to continue. And uh, I don't know for how much longer. They'll never stop. So if you're wondering, that's who the Stones have now. Yeah, it's one of those bands I've never seen live. Yeah, I've never seen them. I would probably enjoy seeing them live, but I mm-hmm. wouldn't go out of my way to see them live either. I'd like to see, see them once, but I don't know. Hell, you know, you can't wait too long. Right. <laughs> I mean, Keith Richards, he was just interviewed by Mark Marin, and he, he quit smoking after 50-some years. Wow. I don't know if that matters at that point. I don't know how old Keith Richards, he's approaching 80, I would think. I have no idea. <laughs> that guy's been like 70 forever. You know, I remember when uh, COVID started and there was this meme going around. It was Keith Richards looking out of a hotel window uh-huh. and it said, where is everybody? Right. You know. <laughs> <laughs> well, some other things are, there's a U2, I want to oh, say. yeah, you mentioned this. So I don't know if you call it a biopic. You know, it's where they get actors, you know, like Bohemian Rhapsody, Rocket Man. They got people to play. Right. People. So it's going to be on Netflix. I don't know how good it's going to be. You know, but who's going to play Bono? I was thinking Jimmy Fallon, because he can do, you know, anybody. Yeah. We'll see. Now, how did you feel about those movies? Because I like the Queen movie, but the Elton John one didn't really do it for me. Yeah, I felt the same way. Yeah, I love the Queen movie. Rocket Man was kind of more yeah. like fantasy stuff. and It almost felt forced, whereas the Queen one felt real. Yeah. Even if they were, you know, making up. Mm-hmm. Maybe things that happened within the situations, it felt like it was, you know, genuine. Whereas, and I'm not saying that the Elton John movie was terrible, but it just felt like they were trying to carry that momentum from the Queen movie and create their own thing. I think some to Elton things John. might have been exaggerated, and you have someone who is still alive. Mm-hmm. And I think he also worked on the movie. Mm-hmm. You know, who's going to say to Elton John that didn't happen? Right. So I, I don't know. I think they kind of embellished some things. Right. 
And I'm really looking forward to this Elvis movie. Although I'm not real crazy about the guy playing Elvis because you kind of want him to look yes. a little like Elvis. Yes. So or it's have, believable. Or have the mannerisms. Not exactly, or, but... Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. And yeah. it's, you know, the concept of these movies when they first came out was fantastic. Like, the Queen one really, really caught my interest. But I'm worried now that they're going to try and do basically every famous rock group yeah. or every famous musician. And it's it's not going to be the same. It's not going to have the same effect. When When Mike and I started the podcast... The first one we did in a hotel room in Virginia. But for some reason, we not while we were recording, but we, we were, I guess, bored and we were trying to come up with who they would come up with for the next. Because this is, I think, right after Queen, uh, the Bohemian Rhapsody came out. Mm-hmm. I forget now who I probably said Elvis because there hasn't been a proper Elvis movie. Right. There's been Elvis TV movies. I also think U2 deserves, you know, a big movie. Because uh, for our listeners, next month, we were going to talk about the Doors movie, and that was in 91. And basically, that's why we're doing the top 10 from 91. I know that sounds odd, but... So one other thing was Dolly Parton. Dolly Parton uh, was nominated to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Mm -hmm. She withdrew her nomination, but as of now, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame has not said anything. So are they still going to keep her... (laughs) on the ballot. Right. She did say that when I record a rock and roll album, then I'll consider being inducted. But now there's talk that she's that's what she's going to be working on. I forget who the person was. There's a there's a musician that said I want to do I don't know if he wants to do an album or just a song with her. And I think it's a rock and roll person, so I don't know. But that sounds kind of weird. When I do a rock and roll album, then you can induct me. Right. But I think she's sending a message to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, whether they listen or not. Some of the people that they're bands and musicians, artists that they're in, inducting are not rock and roll at all. She said that it's like inducting ACDC into the Country Music Hall of Fame. <laughs> now, believe it or not, I think Dolly Parton's an ACDC fan. Yeah. Because Brian Johnson supposedly, I don't know if he has an interview show or a podcast, but he interviewed Dolly Parton, and he's a fan of Dolly Parton. How cool would it be for Brian Johnson to help work on this rock and roll album? As an ACDC fan? That AC awesome. Dolly or something. You <laughs> there know, you go. Call yeah. You know, it's funny that, and I respect her words that she's putting out there and kind of her approach to this, but the irony of such a statement is it's a shame for her that she's mm-hmm. taking it serious when... I don't want to say the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame doesn't take it serious, but they, they are inducting so many people that don't put out rock and roll albums that aren't even, you know, let's say that metal rock mm-hmm. kind of, you know, border. Like, yeah. There, there's some people they're putting in that are nothing but pop or rap or... Well, Duran Duran. They're, I mean, yeah, they got guitar, but they're mostly keyboard. Yep. Verging on, like, New Wave. I think Dolly's such a nice person, such a great person that she kind of thought more into this that what if I get inducted and I have to be there Dolly would not be someone who be like I'm not I'm not going right she's such a nice person that this puts it out there beforehand that I don't want to be inducted because I don't want to what am I going to say when when all her albums have been country I'm trying to think did she do anything with Kenny Rogers yeah yeah she did a lot with Kenny I mean you might be able to classify some of that stuff as that was rock, more but 
That was more uh, ballady. Right. She did a couple Chris. She did a Christmas album with him, and I also think I think she did a yeah. She did some stuff with him. I don't know if Kenny Rogers is in the rock and roll. I don't know either. I just I remember I, those two working. Oh, I thought I remembered those two working together. Well, Kenny Rogers was in a band before he went solo, and I think it was maybe more rock and roll. I don't know many Dolly Parton songs. Like right. I know Islands in the Stream. That was Kenny Rogers and Dolly yep. Parton. Yep. But I don't know any. I can't think of any rockin' <laughs> Dolly Parton songs. No. But you know, they're, they're, I think they're going to run out of true rock and roll people, or, the, or then they're going to be inducting people that maybe don't even deserve. I don't know if it goes by sales. Then you're going to be inducting bands who've sold like 2 million albums, right. as opposed to 50 million. Or, you know. uh, and it's, you know, not to bring up sports into a music podcast, but it's so relatable that I think the Hall of Fames in general mm-hmm. are starting to kind of venture get, get oversaturated and yeah instead of you know taking the approach of maybe taking a break or slowing down they're still trying to induct seven people or six yeah. you know, whatever it is at a time and now you're getting some of those borderline and you don't ever mm-hmm. you know my intention here isn't to be disrespectful to any of the bands who yeah. have gotten into the hall of fame and i know yours isn't either except bon jovi <laughs> I, I like bon, i like bon jovi so <laughs> I can't even go that far, but it's a shame because then they kind of get this tainted vision from fans that, well, I don't deserve to be in or or my favorite band isn't in, but why are Mm -hmm. they in? And it's, it's not supposed to be the hall of good. Yeah. It's supposed to be something that's, you've reached an amount of excellence that you deserve to be there. I I think it's though the words rock and roll. Yeah. I think they wanted to be a hip, cool, let's, let's do a rock and roll let's have only let's have rock artists and yeah then they ran out of rock artists so that i think does it for our music news I've been listening to some new albums lately. Just wanted to talk about some of those. There's this new band. They've been around a little while, but they've only they're one of these bands that only put out a couple EPs, a couple singles. They just put out their first full-length album. They're called The Mysterians. <laughs> their album's called Reeling, R-E-E-L-I-N-G. Came out March 11th. I've listened to this album many times. It's it's really it's a girl lead singer. The lead singer's name is Leah Metcalf. She reminds me, there was a band back in the, I don't know if it was the late 80s, 90s, I'm pretty sure it was the 80s, called Concrete Blonde. There was a girl named Jonette Napolitano who had this husky, heavy, cool voice. She reminds me of her as far as the vocals. But some of these songs are really heavy. I think it's two girls and two guys. They're fairly young. I also think they're a cross between like the now these are old bands, the cult ministry even and even Susie and the Banshees a little bit. There are some slower songs in this, but her voice, like I said, is is heavy and it, it's it's mesmerizing to me. Some of the songs that stand out to me are Life's a Bitch, but I like it so much, <laughs> Dangerous, In My Head, Old Friends Die Hard, and On the Run. Uh, which actually has a slide guitar on it on the run. Now, I did find out that Leah is a huge Doors fan. She's a fan of poetry 
being used for songs, just like Jim Morrison would write poetry, turn it into songs. Interesting. And she started writing songs at the age of nine. Wow. Like, if you like the heavier, you know, sound, like if you're into, I know Jeremy and the Buck Cherry, mm-hmm. like even ACDC, like stuff like that, you want to listen to this. Okay. I, I think they're going to... Is it relatable to like a hailstorm? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I would check it out. So the the next one, I don't know if you had time to listen or you, you listen to that. Brian Adams has a new album out. I know he has a new album yeah. out. I heard it one time, but I yeah. have not gotten back to it. I want to. So it's called So Happy It Hurts. Yep. I love Brian Adams. He's one of my favorite musicians. I wasn't a big fan. I know Summer 69 cuts like a knife. I'm not crazy about this album. No. I don't know. Some of the songs I think are really bad. And I even think the lyrics are like badly written. Yeah. <laughs> if you hear screaming, that's coming from outside. I can hear it in my headphones. Yeah. <laughs> so it's still hot in here. I might have to leave. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a couple songs on here that sound like country songs to me. Wow. That's a you know, and I know people like country, uh, but this song on the road, it just sounds like a bad country song. But you, you, you can like country, but when you buy yeah. a Brian Adams album, you're not expecting to hear country sounding yeah. music. And this was a song again, sounded like another song to me, like a b- bad country song. I probably heard. Right. It's weird though, but the chord progression, the guitar in the beginning sounds to me like a smithereens chord progression mm-hmm. and then i think it goes into something else but and the lyrics are not good either and then there's a song called you lift me up it's like a ballad anthem it almost reminds me of like a boy band song right <laughs> there are some good songs on here uh just like me just like you uh, remind me of Credence Clearwater Revival, uh, Just About Gone, which again sounds a little country to me, but that's a good song. And I've Been Looking For You, which is actually like a fast-paced, like rockabilly sounding song. So that's that's a good one. There's a weird song on here called Kick-Ass. Starts out with some jungle noises. <laughs> and then you hear a man speaking, talking about, I don't know, the creation of rock and roll. And, uh, and the narrator is John Cleese from Monty Python. There's there's only like a minute of music after the narration. Maybe a, a little over a minute. I think I remember that song. I don't know. And in the bio on Apple Music, uh, someone says, an asphalt ripping rocker that fully earns its title. And I say, no, it's, it's really not. Yeah, Brian Adams is a tough one because a lot of his music is more love song yeah. related. And like musicals, I know a lot of movies, you know, they used a lot of his tracks. Mm-hmm. For things like that. So he's a tough sell for some people. Yeah. Um, but this album to your... I only remember listening to it the one time, but as you're rattling off some of your information, yeah. it did remind me that it was not one of his more upbeat yeah. albums. It, it didn't really rock. It was very soft and kind of mellow. And I just think it's disjointed. I think it's... Not that all the songs should sound similar. I don't know. I think it's a little all over the place right. to me. Right. Okay. So then... The next album is one I really like, and it's Mike Campbell. Do you know who Mike Campbell is? Not by name. What okay. band was he in? He was in uh, The Heartbreakers. Okay. He has a band called The Dirty Knobs. Okay. And uh, he, he's put out a couple albums with that band. This is called External Combustion. Okay. I love the title. Yeah, it's creative. The title song is just incredible. I say it's a, it's a ripper. It's a real ripper. Black Crows meet Tom Petty. Mm. Okay. Now, Mike Campbell, I don't know if you've heard him sing, 
but he sounds similar to Tom Petty. Interesting. Okay. I don't know if it's the area they grew up in. I know they're from Florida. Or if it's spending too much time with someone else that you start sounding like them. I don't know what it is. Okay. I don't know if he... I'm assuming he's originally from Florida. He doesn't sound exactly like Tom Petty, but he, you can tell he did the harmonies with Tom Petty and he was... You probably couldn't even tell. You right. Know? right. <laughs> There's a really good song called Lightning Boogie. It's a fast bluesy song. Great guitar work on the on the whole album. So I, I I'd say check that out. The, that whole album is great. What was um, the name again? Mike Campbell. Mike Campbell and the Dirty Knobs. Okay. External Combustion. And the last one is a band that I've loved since the '80s called Tears for Fears. Oh, I was expecting somebody else. Okay. <laughs> and it's the Tipping Point. Now they haven't put out an album in 18 years. And this is only their seventh album. That's amazing. I read that The Weeknd, Kanye West, and Drake, now they're not on the album, of course, but they have sampled Tears for Fears in their songs. I'm sure other people have. I've listened to this album many times. It, it is just a fabulous, just complete album. You know, of course, they aren't rocking or anything, but just so well put together and orchestrated. The songs are the lyrics, everything. Great hooks, great harmonies. I, I'm like in love with this album. I just so. sent myself a text to make sure I listen <laughs> to it because you made me. Yeah, you made me interested. I'm actually surprised you didn't mention the Scorpions' new album. Well, yeah, I I don't have it on here, but I was yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did you listen to the Scorpions? I did, and I really enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. I'm a big. I, I'm not like a huge Scorpions fan, but I love a lot of their songs. So. It definitely gave me that nostalgia. It had a scorpion sound to it. And, mm -hmm. you know, it was it was like upbeat rock. Yeah, his voice is still yeah, the same. It What's his name? Amazing. Klaus? I don't know his last I, name. I don't know off the top of my head. <laughs> we'll call him Klaus. There you go. But no, I was you texted me and I was like, ah, shoot, I've been meaning to check that out because mm -hmm. I had seen, you know, copies online for sale. And then I went and looked it up and I was like, oh, my God, this is fantastic. Yeah. So. There weren't any signed ones, were there? There was actually. Oh, okay, I missed out. But <laughs> yeah, you got to get in there early because yeah, a lot of a lot of artists now are putting out through their website, or if you go to their website, it'll take you to another site that's selling, you know, pre-order albums, or... CDs, yep. even cassettes. But a lot of the, a lot of the albums are are signed in the CDs, and it really doesn't cost that much more to get the autographed one. No, but once they're gone, then you go on eBay, and you know the price is two, three times more. Yeah. Easily, if not more. Yeah. But the um the cover is a woman uh screaming. Uh she's got like a, a clear material linen over her face. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know if it's for the album too, but I, I the C D is three D. There's a three D C D. I didn't see that. She's got a I think a scorpion in her mouth. Okay. That's but it, it looks cool. kinda like hand drawn scorpion but I guess when you turn it you can see the scorpion in That's her mouth. That's pretty neat. <laughs> huh. Next up, this is our last segment. We're going to do the top 10. Okay, so we're going to do the top 10. This is the week ending March 23rd, 1991. And again, I picked 91 because that's when the Doors movie came out. 
I could have picked a year that the doors maybe were on the charts. I was just thinking that. And I, I want to preface this by saying that I've heard most of these songs, if not all, but they weren't songs, of course, I was listening to. Jeremy was too young to... This was the, not my favorite top 10 list to even go back and listen to. <laughs> Next one, we'll do a little bit older, 80s or it's, 60s, it's funny 70s, because, 80s. You know, obviously, I'm only going to be 35 yeah. in two months, but... My music realm is the 60s, 70s, 80s. Yeah. So even to hear what was playing in 91, it's like... Yeah, the 90s were iffy. Yeah. I was trying to remember what I was listening to. Uh, I know in the, in the maybe 91, 92, Nirvana, Pearl Jam, you Green, know, stuff Green like Day. that. Counting Crows, I think, was around that time. Mm-hmm. Maybe even, is Weezer that old? Yeah. Maybe Weezer. Yep. Yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, because, I mean, you, th- you figure, like, New Kids on the Block were big in the early 90s. Yeah. Late 80s, early 90s. So. It's like in the 80s, I, was, I wasn't listening to Whitney Houston and right. Madonna and... Uh, Celine Dion. If I can say his name again, Bon Jovi. You you know. he, was, he was halfway there then. Yeah. He's, he's so I was talking to, um, before we get into this, I was talking to bon this guy last week who interviews... A lot of famous people. He has his own show. And we were doing a video chat and never talked to him before. But when I, he asked me where I was from and I said New Jersey, and the first thing he says is, oh, Bon Jovi, Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> yeah. And I had to hold back. Yep. But anyway, I digress. Okay, Jeremy's so, going to start off our top 10 here. Yeah, we'll kind of do some back and forth here. But so the first number 10 was by a band called Enigma. How do you pronounce the title? Oh, yeah. Is it, it looks like sadness, but it's sadness. Or it's something. like sadness or sad, sad, sadness. 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 Something. Mm-hmm. It, this, this was a funky song. First of all, the lyrics are like French, aren't they? French and Italian. Yeah, French in and Latin or something. <laughs> like, yeah. There's like this, the Gregorian chants in the background. Oh, no, wait. This song, I think, is called Sadness. Oh, okay. <laughs> because it is, it's based around the Marquis de Sade. Oh. And it was S-A-D-E. Oh, there you go. Yeah, okay. It well, was a then. French nobleman. Okay. That makes sense. <laughs> the the track, the fact that this track reached number one faster than any other new release in German history is like, yeah. how bad is German music? <laughs> yeah. They didn't have any good music. I'm sorry. That's so mean. But yeah. I mean, this, this got to number seven, believe it or not. Yeah. I mean, this week it was number 10. I mean, there wasn't even anything that I could relate this song to. I, I listened to it and I, I was just kind of, I don't even remember hearing this like as a kid. Yeah, it's not even good musically. It's just no. blah and... I love your note here of, did you ever play Mahjong on the computer? Oh, yeah. That's what it reminded me of. <laughs> the computer game Mahjong, that music that plays in the background, that's what this was. That is a perfect comparison. Yeah, that's, that's what it reminded me of. So the first thing that came to mind, right, when you think of German music, Ramstein, Ramstein, however mm-hmm. you pronounce it, yeah. Duhast, right? They don't say anything, and it's like a chant the entire time, but at least it's an upbeat song with like... yeah you know, character within the music. This was just blah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how... It, they must have had a good, like, promoter, this band. They had something working for them, because if yeah. they sold albums off of based off of this single, mm-hmm. man, they're they're doing something right. Yeah. This whole list is, is sadness. <laughs> yeah. Well, and so... Although we got Madonna on here. I was going to say, we'll go into number nine, but even... So I'm a, I'm a Madonna fan. Like, I'm not going to try and hide that. I think Madonna has... 
produce some of the greatest music, Mm -hmm. especially for a female musician in her time period fighting that battle of rock and roll. I mean, she held her own. Every every album she put out there, she was different. She was unique. Mm-hmm. She was odd. Um, you and know. now she's very odd. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but putting all that aside, she had an amazing voice. Mm-hmm. She had talent. You know, she could perform. Yeah. She was kind of cute. Absolutely. She was a very yeah. beautiful woman. Still is. Now, my favorite song of hers is her first song or her first single, Borderline. And the reason it, I worked in a machine shop, I was probably, I don't date myself, People know how old I am. But so anyway, the radio would be on in the machine shop. So I would hear all the songs. It brings back good memories. That was my first good job that I got besides job cleaning toilets Mm -hmm. or, you know, I was in a machine shop. I was making good money. I was going to school half a day and I went home for lunch and then I went to work. So I only had like three classes in high school, Mm -hmm. basically. So that was a good, (laughs) good time for me. Nice. And whenever I hear that song, it just brings me back. Not that I don't like her other, other songs. Some I like more than others, like Vogue, I could do without, you know, some of those. Frozen is my favorite. So Jeremy, what's this song we're (laughs) But yeah, number nine was Rescue Me which was from her first Greatest Hits album, The Immaculate Collection. It's one of those songs I would have never thought that this would be in the top ten of all the music that Madonna has put out there. I know the song. I've heard it before. It's They might have released most of her songs as singles, you know, at a certain point. I don't know. Yeah. And this is a new song that was, like you said, it was on a Greatest Hits collection from 1990. And I mean, it's the song itself isn't bad, but it's not one that I would have thought would find its way onto a top 10 list. Yeah, I said it's not one of her stronger songs, but I I have the feeling they just played everything. (laughs) I think it got this would have been I I, I have, you know, I have my notes here that this would have been a throwaway song, maybe on an album. Right. But I think because it was people were anticipating. I don't know how long it was when she put this out from her last studio album. Right. So people anticipate, oh, a new song. Oh, you it's know. Madonna. Yeah. You know, yep. And I think you get to a point where a musician kind of gets that reputation that mm-hmm. they have a song coming out. Now it's going to play by default. Yeah. Because they have that reputation. She was the Cardi B of her time, Jeremy. Yeah, there you go. You know. That's. I mean, that's a good comparison. <laughs> Number eight, London Beat, I've Been Thinking About You. Very simple beat, very simple lyrics. It's a pretty long song for the early 90s. It was okay. This, like, of the top ten, this is probably one of my favorites on the list. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, probably because of how simple it was. Yeah, it's been compared to Fine Young Cannibals. Yeah. I know they said. Yeah, it's it's kind of simple, and, uh, yeah, it's a pleasant song. I mean, it reached number one in more than ten countries at the time. That's amazing. Australian Music Channel included it in their list of a thousand greatest so- <laughs> songs of all time, which I have to laugh at. That is very funny. And that, yeah, a thousand greatest songs of all time. You know, they could be nine ninety nine. We don't know. Maybe um, uh, that Enigma or whatever that band is is on there. Maybe they're a thousand. Maybe. Yeah. I'll be thinking about that. <laughs> Uh, number seven was Wilson Phillips. You're in love, and I can. Tell you honestly, I had not heard this song before until I listened I to this list. Yeah, I mean, it kind of sounded vaguely familiar, but it was, what, number one at one point? Yeah, Billboard Hot 100. Yep. I don't know a lot about this band. Wilson Phillips, uh, Carney Wilson, Wendy Wilson, China Phillips. China. China. Damn. Well, <laughs> well, 
Okay, Carney is Brian Wilson's daughter. I was going to ask that question. And Wendy is Brian Wilson's daughter. Okay. And China Phillips is John and Michelle Phillips' daughter, who were in the Mamas and the Pop. So now I kind of and, feel embarrassed, and I did not know that. And China Phillips is the half sister of Mackenzie Phillips. Okay. Because I think she has a different mother. Her mother was not Michelle. I know too many things. If I'm right, someone to tell me I'm not. But but um. The song itself wasn't too bad. It was pretty upbeat. They were pretty popular, though, this time. I mean, this is the this was their third number one and final, so they only had three number ones. Okay. I don't know when they Do broke up. Do you know up, what the other they two are? No. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I put you on the spot there. That's okay. You know, I watched MTV. I think they were still playing music videos. Yeah. And yeah, so for I was, sure. I was a big, you know, music video watcher. Well, well, and this was a ballad, right? And that was big in the late 80s, early 90s, so... They had good harmonies, and, you know, I think they had a good following. Now, number six, I've heard this song many times, Tara Kemp, Hold You Tight. It, it's very basic. Like, there's nothing special about the lyrics. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I'm using Jim's notes this week. Yeah. This is funny, because he's got a note here that says there's a bad keyboard playing at the end. <laughs> yeah, the, I don't know if it, what's going on. I said I could even play this. Yeah. Which isn't saying much. Now, yeah, I know this song, and I noticed... There's an annoying part at the end, too, maybe before the annoying keyboard part. But she's saying the last lines of the song, and it sounds like someone's squeezing a, a feral cat. It does. She's like, I want you! Or, I can't do it, right? Right. And then it's like, hold me, love me, squeeze me. I need you! Yeah. <laughs> yes. I don't know what's... Like, she just woke up at that point, because the rest of the song is... And, you know, and again... Using Jim's notes this week, which is fun, because typically I do this stuff kind of from the heart or from my mind. Yeah, Jeremy does listen to the songs. I do have cheat sheets, but they end up not working well for me. So I just kind of go off the top of my head. So I was like, all right, let me actually use paper this week and see. And this is where I would struggle. because (laughs) If if you want to go to buymeacoffee.com, we have a page on there. You can donate like $5, whatever. Jeremy needs a printer. Yes, there we go. So if we can get some money gathered. I keep all my notes on my cell phone and so I'm scrolling through. <laughs> Jeremy can print print out the notes. But then I love this final line. And then she says the words, just want you to hold me tight. It's sung about 200 more times. <laughs> yeah. It sounds like it. I know that song and I probably didn't, I didn't like it when it came out. I was going to say it. So I yeah. try and give every song a fair chance when we do the top She's 10, like a right? uh, Taylor Dane, I don't know if you know, sort of that kind of singer. Okay. I don't know, just dancey, a decent voice, but just not something I listen to. And usually this, these lists, I try and listen to them multiple times. That song mm-hmm. got one listen, yeah. and as soon as it finished, I got that off of my phone yeah. as soon as I could. <laughs> you didn't want anyone seeing that, Mm-mm. that you listened to that. I didn't even want it to come up again as a recommendation either. Does that happen to you? You'll listen to a really bad song, and then you'll get recommendations based on yeah. the really bad song, mm-hmm. and it's like, I almost wish I didn't listen to that now. Yeah. Number five, we got Get Here, Aletta Adams. This is about someone wanting someone to get to her no matter what. She doesn't care right. how. Right. I mean, I, we don't even know if this guy has any money, but she's looking for him to shell out some major dough here to get to her. 
Uh, you know, maybe he's between jobs. Here are the lyrics. You can reach me by railway. You can reach me by trailway. Okay, trailway, you can walk. You can reach me by an airplane. You know, I don't know what airplane tickets were in 91. You can reach me with your mind. You know, is he telepathic? I actually enjoy this song a lot. Yeah? I've heard this at karaoke many times, so I've always heard different versions and renditions of it. Mm -hmm. But I definitely have an appreciation for the lyrics. As kooky as they are. You know, and then she goes on caravan, sailboat, and then climb a tree and swing rope to rope. Like Tarzan. Yeah. Now this, I'm confused on this one because she says, take a sled and slide down the slope mm -hmm. into these arms. So is he close by now? Is he, did he take the airplane? Now he's up on the mountain. I don't know. Well, he jumped out of the airplane, <laughs> pulled the ripcord for his parachute, and yeah. then as he got closer to the ground, he got on his sled and slid down to her. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. So this song was written by Brenda Russell in Stockholm, Sweden. The song came to her as she viewed some hot air balloons floating over the city. And she said this, uh, she recalls it set her really tripping on how many ways you can get to a person. That's the origin of the song. So we're going to go on to, let's see, number four, This House by Tracy Spencer. This was the second single released from her second album. So this was her second consecutive top 10 hit on the U.S hot r&b singles chart Ooh. also where it peaked at number seven on there the theme touches upon an issue of poverty and giving to one another the term this house doesn't mean a house particularly it's the world i found it amazing that believe it or not she's i don't she was only 15 years old when she released this song yep. she's 45 now right it starts out with some still drums got a good beat she's got a really good voice so here are some of the lyrics, uh, if you want to know. <laughs> In a world so cold, a place of disbelief, where will the people go without enough to eat? And that's, like I said, this house, she says, this house is our house. Let's do it for the people. It's all in the hands of love. So it's about helping people, helping people out. It's a good, good message. I wasn't real crazy about the song. No, but, it wasn't either. Yeah. I'd rather hear Madness mm. Our House. Yeah. Or My <laughs> House or whatever it is. <laughs> our House. Yeah. Well, number three is Coming Out of the Dark by Gloria Estefan. A uh, nice inspirational song. You kind of feel like you're in church. I feel Excuse like that me. with so many of her songs. So this song was written after she had a bus accident. She was on her tour bus. I think this was near Scranton, Pennsylvania. I, I know she was treated in Toby Hanna. PA and she was on the Get On Your Feet tour. And this is also the first song that she performed publicly after recovering. Oh, that's cool. I didn't know that. So she actually broke her back in this accident. I think a semi, a 18 wheeler rammed the tour bus. People were thrown about and she was thrown on the floor. So it's pretty sad. So this is a song about her, her comeback or trying to, trying to see the light, trying to look at the good stuff. You know, after this horrible thing that happened to her where she almost died. Right. Like I said, it's a good inspirational song. And we're going to go to number two. This is a much more brighter song. <laughs> this is Mariah Carey, Someday. Which, again, <laughs> and before you get into kind of talking about the song, when I think of Mariah Carey songs, it's amazing to me that this was one of the ones that landed on the top ten list. I think, again, like uh, with Madonna and Mariah Carey, they put out a single and people just bought it up. I mean, it had to be because yeah. Mariah Carey's very talented. Where very... some of her other songs are a lot better than absolutely, this one. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. I could pick probably eight songs, you know, off the top of my head that I would like better than this one. Now, this is from her debut. 
studio album, 1990. And they had, prior to this, they had done a four-track demo tape before she was signed to a record deal. Mm-hmm. This was one of the songs that was on it. Here's a little background. In 1988, Mariah Carey was 18. She moved out of her mother's house in Long Island, and she moved to Manhattan. And that's when she did the demo. Said she struggled to impress record executives with the tape and had failed in securing a record deal. I know I, I don't have this in my notes, but I know she, she went to some uh, executive uh, record party or something, probably with this guy, Margolis. I say guy, Margolis. I, I think he was a big <laughs> producer. <laughs> And he introduced her to this, I don't have the woman's name, but I know that she helped her get a record deal then with Columbia Records and the rest is history. This was the third single released from that album and it was her third consecutive number one, which is amazing because her debut album, one, two, three, you know, one, two, three punch number ones. Now we got number one, which is One More Try. I do remember this song. It's a pretty sappy song by Timmy T. Where's Timmy T? Timmy T, if you're listening, (laughs) (laughs) you know, let us know. Give us a shout. (laughs) Yeah, we like to know where you are. What you're doing these days. I mean, maybe he's not alive. I don't know. So this is a song about a guy who he did something wrong. Did he lie to his girlfriend? Did he cheat on her? We don't know. And he didn't realize how much he loved her. Until, uh, you know, it sounds like a long time has gone by. We don't know how long, but he's still hanging on there. So there's this weird bonky keyboard sound in the (laughs) beginning. There's some chimes. Vocals are very heartfelt. It's not a bad song for its time. Ends with some spoken words. So this song kind of, it does kind of get to you. It's, it's, you know, it's a nice, nice ballad, I think. Don't it always seem to go? You don't know what you got till it's gone? Yeah. I don't. <laughs> and this was inspired uh, after breaking up with his girlfriend. I would have never guessed that. Yeah. <laughs> so that does it for our top 10 and for our podcast today. Our next podcast is going to be a, an interview. And the one after that, that's when we're going to be talking about the Doors movie. A lot of exciting stuff coming up. <laughs> Very cool. If you like the podcast, tell a friend. Word to your mother. (laughs) I don't know what I'm saying. Thank you, Jeremy, for joining me again. No problem. Thanks, Jim, for having me. And everyone, thanks for listening, and you'll hear us soon. All right. Intro and exit music by the band 99%. Today's show was produced and edited by Jim Thatcher. Jim and Mike Talk Music is recorded at, did you say, seven studios in Washington, New Jersey. You can find Jim and Mike Talk Music on Apple Music, Spotify, Podbean, or wherever you listen to podcasts. This song, IKWYB by Forget the Will and Alamode by Les Sands Coulettes, used with royalty-free permission.